Hello, 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 what's going on everybody? This is Sydney Smith, the host of this incredible podcast, The Real Queen Sid, and this is episode 277 of The Real Queen Sid Show, and I'm super excited. This episode will have you sitting on the edge of your seat. I watched the challenge finale with my fiance the other day, and there were so many lessons inside of this finale that I literally could not help but train on this. There are incredible lessons layered inside of the show. And uh, I don't know, I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode. You need to listen to this when you need to pick me up, when you need a boost, when you need to remind yourself that you are that bitch. Okay, so I love you guys. I appreciate you. If you get any value from this, please make sure to screenshot it, share it into your Instagram stories and tag me at the real queen Sid and make sure you tag the yellow one not the purple one it'll make sense when you're tagging me on Instagram it's the real queen Sid underscore okay I love you guys I appreciate you and let's get into this episode challenge is one of my favorite shows how many of you guys watch the challenge no okay I'll tell you guys about it it's it's very very simple it's basically a game show that they play on um MTV and they bring all of these strangers into this home and there's two different kinds of challenges there is a daily challenge where if you win you get to throw people into an elimination they keep eliminating people back and forth back and forth back and forth until they get to the final you know 10 to 8 players and then those players end up in this final the final is usually two days long the final is usually two days long and then it, um, and then somebody wins half a million dollars. Well, usually two people win, a woman and a man win a half a million dollars. Okay. So that's basically the premise of the show. And last night we were watching the finale of this, uh, of the challenge. And what's very interesting is when we first started watching the season, I don't know if a lot of you, even those of you that watch the challenge, even know if the season was out, but when we first started watching the season, it's a brand new cast list. So no player that has ever been on the challenge was on this, uh, was on this season. And so at the beginning I was like, this is stupid. I don't want to watch this. This is dumb. I don't know these people. I don't want to watch this. And Holly's like, yeah, but we don't have anything else to watch. So like, let's just watch it. And I was like, all right, cool. So we start watching the challenge. We start getting into it. And like, we start, you know, getting to know the players. Okay. And so we're watching this, we're watching the challenge and we're kind of like, mm, not really invested until yesterday. We had five episodes left because we had kind of let them rack up and uh, we were like, let's just binge watch it, whatever. It was her birthday yesterday. So that's what she wanted to do. That's what we did. And so we're binge watching the challenge and there are these players that are kind of dominating the whole season, right? Their names are Tyson and Angela. I'm going to try to use names so you guys can kind of follow along this story. Are you guys... Are you guys excited for this? Because I'm excited for this. This is going to be good. I swear, I, like we got off this season finale last night and I couldn't stop talking about how the finale ended. I literally was like, I can't believe that just happened. There's no way. This is like a new challenge history, okay? So anyway, we're talking, we're, we're going through the season and there's these two players. Angela is dominating for the women and Tyson is dominating for the men, right? They are these kind of two key players. And they're in an alliance together. So they have each other's back. So anytime Angela or Tyson wins, which is basically every other episode, they have each other's back. There's no opportunity for these two players to ever end up in the arena to do an elimination. Okay. And so they're going back and forth, back and forth. They are the cockiest players in the whole, in the whole place. They are like, I am amazing. Nobody can beat me ever. I'm incredible. Like kind of like, have you ever met those really egotistical egomaniac people that you're like, what the hell is wrong? Somebody put them in their place. Like somebody knocked them down a little bit. Right. And so we go into this, they go into the last 
daily challenge before the finale. And so they go into the last daily challenge before the finale. And basically what they have to do is they have to swim across this lake. They have to run a mile and then they have to start retrieving these tires. These tires are all worth different points. Are you guys following me so far? Some of y'all look distracted. They, these tires are worth <laughs> different points and you have to do different types of things to get the tires, right? So there are tires that are worth two points. There are tires that are worth four points. There are tires that are worth 20 points. The ones that are worth 20 points, you have to actually solve a puzzle to get. And then once you grab your tire, you release your tire, you have to run a mile, put it on the thing, run a mile back. You have to do this for two hours. Like these are not, these are not baby challenges. These are not baby challenges. Okay. So for two hours, you're running a mile back, mile back, whatever. Okay. So Tyson and Angela are the first people that get to this, get to this abandoned building where all the tires are. And there are only two tires that are worth 20 points. And they are hooked up to like one of those slide puzzles. You guys know those slide puzzles that like, you have to like move the little things around to get to the pictures. Okay. And so there are all these slide puzzles or whatever. Tyson's like doing his slide puzzle and Angela's doing her slide puzzle. And all of a sudden you hear Tyson go, oh my God, I got it. And he like got his tire. And so he runs off and he like, whatever, he moves on. And so Angela's like, crap. She starts looking around. She starts looking around. She's like, oh my God. And she starts freaking out. But anyway, have any of you ever done this before where you're like, where like all of a sudden you're, the pressure is on. It's almost like the first live video that you do, like the pressure is on and all of a sudden you are talking faster than you've ever talked in your entire life. You're freaking out. You forget all of your notes and everything that you're supposed to be doing and like all common sense goes out the window. This is basically where Angela's at. She's like, crap. Okay, so she's like, all right, I gotta do this slide puzzle. I gotta do this slide puzzle. I gotta do this slide puzzle. And she's like, you know, just at this point, she's just randomly moving things around, which is not a strategy. That's not a strategy. So here's your first lesson here. If you're going to do something, go in with a strategy because randomly moving the puzzle pieces down, randomly moving the puzzle pieces around is not going to make the full picture picture appear. Randomly moving the puzzle pieces around is not going to make your dreams come true, right? So the first lesson of this finale, this wasn't even the finale yet, but the first lesson of this finale is don't ever go into something without a plan. She just started panicking and moving pieces around. And sometimes we do this to ourselves, right? We go into the month and we're like, yeah, I'm going to hit MVP. I'm feeling ambitious. But yet we just start randomly moving things around. We just start randomly shouting things out. We just start randomly posting things on our social media. There's no rhyme. There's no reason. There's no plan. There's no, how many people do I need to talk to? There's no nothing. And we end up not hitting our goal because it's been just randomly moving the pieces around and praying that the picture appears. Hoping is not a business strategy. Okay, so I'm gonna get back to this finale, right? So she's just moving these pieces around and she's moving the pieces around. She's like, oh my God, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. She's like, Tyson, Tyson like runs by her to go get another tire, right? And he's, she's like, Tyson, I can't get this. I can't get this puzzle. Like, what do I do? What do I do? And he's like, no, like you have to stay here and focus. It will all be worth it when you get this 20, when you get these 20, these 20 points, right? Because while you've spent a ton of time here, People have gassed themselves out going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with these low point tires. She's like, all right, all right, all right, all right. And so she starts moving the puzzle pieces around, puzzle pieces around again. And Tyson runs and goes, gets a tire. He runs to the, the mile away. He runs back. You know, she's been standing at this puzzle for literally like an hour and a half at this point. This is a two hour challenge. She's been standing at this puzzle for an hour and a half at this point. She doesn't have any points yet, right? So 
this, this, this cocky individual that, you know, nobody can beat me. I'm so, I execute everything perfectly. I'm amazing. I'm incredible. She's standing there with zero points in the last daily challenge before the elimination, before to find out who goes into the final. This is a five, this is a half a million dollar puzzle she's standing in front of, right? Half a million dollar puzzle she's standing in front of and she's been there for an hour and a half. And so she, like Tyson runs by again she, and he's like, what are you doing? Like, why haven't you solved this puzzle yet? She's like, I don't know, I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out. And so she finally at like two out, it was like two hours and 10 or two hours and 50 minutes or something like that. She finally solves this puzzle. I'm sorry, an hour and 50 minutes, an hour and 50 minutes into the challenge. She finally solves this puzzle. Right. And she's like, Oh my God, I got the tire. And she like has 10 minutes to run this mile and put the thing on. She's not going to get any more points after that. She's not going to get any more points after that. Right. But here's the thing. She ended up losing that daily challenge. And she ended up throwing herself into elimination the day before they found out who was in the finale. She ended up having to be thrown into elimination because she lost the daily challenge. And the lesson in this moment is not all of you have the same skill sets. And sometimes we end up looking at our partner, at our friend, at our business, at our leader, at our whatever, and we look at them. And we start comparing ourselves to them, right? She sat at this puzzle and she said, well, I'm a badass and Tyson's a badass. So if he can get this puzzle done, I can get this puzzle done and I can win. Except for Angela runs marathons. She runs marathons. She would have been better off just running back and forth with as many tires as she could because she can. She didn't have the skill set to solve the puzzle in that time without freaking out. Yet she's looking at her partner and saying, well, I'm just going to do that because that's what he's doing. And sometimes we do this in business, right? We do this in business where we look at other people and you, you know your skill set doesn't line up with that person. Yet you try and try and try and beat yourself into the ground and you end up feeling like crap because you're not living up to what they are. But that's because you're a marathon runner not a puzzle solver. She could have gotten twice the amount of points if she had played her strengths instead of her weaknesses. Does this make sense? So she goes into this, she goes into this, this, um, <clears throat> this uh, elimination or whatever she wins. She has to beat her best friend and she has to send her best friend home. So her best friend is no longer in uh, the finale, right? So they start this finale with they start the finale with 10 people. It's five men and five women. And so the, the rules for the finale are, oh, okay. So there's five men and five women. One of the men ends up with an injured shoulder. So he is medically released and has to go home. He doesn't get to run the finale. So then it is five women and four men. And the first part of the finale, everything's run in partners. Now this, this doesn't make sense, right? What do you do with the spare woman? Okay, well, the spare woman now has to run, uh, your partner changes at every checkpoint, right? And so now your partner, one of the women has to run each checkpoint by herself. Okay, so this is important in, in, the, in a little bit later. So the first checkpoint they have to, they're like put out on this barge all the way out in like the middle of the ocean or whatever. And they are put out on this uh, and they have to swim in and then they have to do this like sliding puzzle again. Damn the sliding puzzles. Okay. And so they, this is the checkpoint, right? So one of the guys, he's terrified of swimming. Oh, here's the rule. Here's the rule in the finale. 
If you quit, if you don't complete a challenge, you're out. You lose the finale. If your partner decides to quit, you're also out. So they jump off those bars, right? They start swimming, they start swimming, they start swimming. And this girl, this girl who has been negative the whole game about this guy, his name is Enzo. Enzo can't swim. And this girl who was so, nobody wants to be partnered with Enzo. Nobody wants to be, da, 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 da. nobody wants to be Enzo's partner. Well, guess what? Guess who's Enzo's partner for the first leg of the finale? She is. And so they jump off this barge, right? It's kind of ironic. I don't know if this was on purpose or not, but I thought it was very fitting. Okay, so they jump off this barge or whatever, and Enzo starts panicking. He's panicking. He's freaking out. He's, I can't swim. I can't swim. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. And finally he goes, help, help, help. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. I quit. I quit. And all she's doing is standing there and screaming at him. What is wrong with you? Why are you doing this? You're going to get me out. You're going to make me lose the finale. What is wrong with you? I can't believe you. You are so blah, blah, blah. She's screaming at him. And he's like, get away from me. Get away from me. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't. I can't swim. I can't swim. And so he calls out, right? They're barely, they're barely away from this barge. He calls it. He said, I know I quit. I quit. He's out of the finale. So is his partner. And here's the third lesson of this finale for you guys is that sometimes we want people so desperately to work for our goals, but your goals aren't enough reason for them to stay in the game. Sometimes in leadership, this happens a lot, right? Where we start, we start getting frantic at the end of the month. Like, oh, I need these sales. I need these sales. Have you ever felt this like at the end of the month where you're like frantic for sales? Maybe you want to hit your own goal. Like maybe you want to hit MVP. Maybe you want to hit a rank up. Maybe you just need, you know, a certain amount of money or whatever. And we start just like spewing at our customers and at our friends and at our team. It's like this desperation is like oozing out of us. Has this ever happened to any of you guys? Yeah. This has happened to me before too, where you're just like literally begging people to like support your goals. But here's the problem is when you beg people to support your goals, when you're in need, you didn't do the, the work to build the repertoire before that. She spent an entire season belittling this man. Why did she think that in her moment of need, he would step up for her? We do this all the time with our customers. We do this all the time with our clients, right? We do this all the time with our team. If you don't pour into somebody, if you don't give them value, if you don't make them feel seen, if you don't make them feel heard, if you don't tell them that you have a solution to their problems, if you don't show them how this relationship is mutually beneficial to you or to them, if you don't show them how this relationship is mutually beneficial, when you need something, they will not be there. And this happens all the time at the end of the month where we decide not to show up all month, all month long, whatever the excuse is, right? All excuses are equal. Even, even my dog dying is an excuse, right? All excuses are equal. They're all, they're all reasons why I didn't show up. But even at the end of the month, you can't just expect people to show up for you when you didn't all month long for them. Just like she couldn't expect him to overcome his fear of drowning when she had spent an entire season belittling him. It wasn't going to happen. Right? So 
that checkpoint's over and these two people are out. Okay. The next checkpoint, they have to like run and eat this, whatever. There wasn't really many lessons to learn there, except for apparently onions and garlic and lemon will burn in your mouth. Ouch. Uh, but that's what they had to eat at the next checkpoint, right? So they get to their final checkpoint of the day. Like I said, the finale is two days long. The last checkpoint of the day, they are told to, um, that they are, okay. So they get to this checkpoint and there's like this mound of dirt and gravel. And their task is to move this mound of dirt and gravel. They are given one shovel and one uh, wheelbarrow and them, them two, like the two, the, the team, the pair partners, they have to move this mountain of dirt from one side of this field to the other side of the field. Okay. And so they're given one shovel. Like I said, they're given one wheelbarrow. So the other thing is there's a tent over on one side of the field. You rest. Well, your partner shovels and then you guys switch off. They were doing this all night long, right? They're like filming this all into the night. It's like 2 a.m., whatever. So at this checkpoint, like I told you guys earlier, one of the women had to be alone. So her pile of dirt was half the size of everybody else's since it was just her. But it was Angela who was alone at this, at this uh, checkpoint, right? And so she starts shoveling the dirt into her wheelbarrow and she starts shoveling the dirt in her wheelbarrow and she does like maybe three or four runs and she goes, you know what? My body is going to be dead by the end of this, by the end of this, and I'm going to be tired. So I'm going to make a strategic move and I'm going to decide to take last place at this checkpoint and I'm just going to go rest. And she doesn't move any of her dirt. Now, all the other teams moved their dirt. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, that sounds like you're forfeiting the challenge. To me, that sounds like you're giving up. To me, that sounds like you're like, like you're stopping, right? Makes sense to me. She thought she was making a strategic move. Well, she had spent the entire season stomping around with her ego. Not a single player told her, Angela, if you do that, you are forfeiting the challenge. Because nobody's going to have your back when you have ego. Nobody's going to have your back when you are when you are stomping around all over the place. Nobody is going to have your back when you don't have their back. What is this? Lesson number four. Nobody will have your back if you don't have their back, right? This is very similar to the Enzo situation. But I'm talking about the team now, right? Like the people that were competing against her. The people that all season long said they wanted to compete in the finale against the best of the best were allowing the best of the best to sit themselves out. And she woke up the next morning and TJ comes out and he's like, Angela, what happened? And she's like, well, I decided to make a strategic decision uh, just to take last place at this checkpoint. You know, I was going to forfeit the points because I didn't really need the points anyway. And uh, and uh, I was going to, you know, just take last place so that I could rest and make it up the mountain. And he said, well, Angela, you didn't even try. You're out. You didn't even try. And so this comes to lesson number five is every single time that you don't even try, you're out. You know, I had so many conversations about this reset I, and so many conversations about this reset. Do I do it? Do I not do it? Do I do it? Do I not do it? And at this point, it's too late. At this point, it's too late, but we'll have the conversation anyway. If you don't even try, you're out. And so, so many people, we had this conversation, right? We went back and forth and, and, and should I, should I do it? Should I try? Should I, I said, do you want to bet on yourself? And somebody said to me, I don't remember who it was, but somebody said to me, 
I said, do you bet on yourself? And they said, I bet on the version of me that I want to be. I remember who it was now. I bet on the version of me who I want to want it to of I bet on the version of me who I want to be. I said, if you know who you want to be, why aren't you her yet? Right. But Angela was betting so hard on herself. She didn't even try. She didn't even try. And to me, that just sounds like, you know, somebody that's never been put in her place, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> so that's lesson number five of this finale is that if you don't even try, you're out. Right. And so I literally was so happy when she got out of this. And when she got out, I was like, oh my God, praise. Yes. Thank God. I have been waiting for her to get out all season long. She is not likable. I don't like her, but I was very excited about this. Okay. So then the last challenge the last half of this finale, they're running in, in singles. Are you guys following along with me so far? Okay. Am I like doing a decent job of storytelling here? Sometimes I'm like too wordy. Okay, good. So the last day of the challenge or of the finale, it's running um, in singles. And so there are, let's see, three girls, three girls. Yeah, there's three girls left and three boys left at this time, at this point. So three and three. Three boys left, three girls left at this point. Now they have to run 10 miles up this mountain. And there are two checkpoints along the way. The first checkpoint is like, you know, those puzzles that like are like a little, like they're like a bunch of different shapes of things. And you have to like put, you like get a hexagon and you have to like make all the shapes fit in the hexagon. You know what I'm talking about? So that's the first checkpoint. That's the first puzzle, right? And so Tyson gets to the first checkpoint because he's a he's a long distance runner. So he's like, yeah, I got this. This is and oh my God, it was so annoying because they like cut to them like narrating their own experience. And he's like, yeah, I've done runs like this in in uh what is that called? Salt Lake City with my friends for a, a fun jog. I'm like, you're so annoying. But anyway, so he goes. He gets to the first checkpoint and he like finishes the puzzle in 2.5 seconds flat. He's incredible at puzzles. He's great at them, right? And so he's like, bye. Like he basically thinks he's got this in the bag. So he runs on to the next checkpoint and then uh, everybody starts running up to this checkpoint, right? So people start finishing the checkpoint, running, finishing the checkpoint, running, finishing the checkpoint, running, finishing the checkpoint, running. And so they're all running up to the next one. And there's this one girl that's standing at the bottom. Her name is Sarah. And she's a police officer and ex-military. And she has also been a very cocky player the whole season. So this was very, this was probably very humbling for her to rewatch, but she's standing at the bottom and it is sleeting. It is freezing cold. They've been wet for two days. They can't feel their toes. They can't feel their fingers. And she's standing at this checkpoint. She's looking at this puzzle and she literally said to herself, she said, I'm here all by myself. I'm all alone. Everybody else already left. Everybody else is already way ahead of me. I'm, I'm, my body is shutting down. I can't feel anything. I'm here all alone. And she's just standing there in the pouring down rain, staring at this puzzle, trying to talk herself in to doing it. So she's standing at this puzzle. And meanwhile, up at the second checkpoint, you see Tyson gets there first and he realizes that it's Sudoku. Do you guys know what Sudoku is? I love Sudoku. So I would have been so excited. Like I would have been like, yeah, except for it's, it's snowing, right? And they're freezing and they've been wet for two days and they barely eaten anything and they haven't slept. They're exhausted, right? They, I mean, the challenge is meant to, to break you down. 
And so he gets to this thing and he's like, oh, great. I'm like, not amazing at Sudoku, but I'm, I'm okay at it. So he starts doing this puzzle, right? And he starts doing this puzzle. He starts doing this puzzle. He starts doing this puzzle. And then second to the checkpoint is this guy named Ben. I think that's his name. I don't think that's his name. Anyway, I say I think that's his name because I know his wife's name. His wife's name is Kiki. And I know his wife's name because all he talked about all season long was his wife. If my wife could see this, Kiki would be saying this. If my wife could see this, she'd be so proud of me. If my wife could see this every single time, every single time the camera was on him, he would say my wife, Kiki. Right. So I, I just call him Kiki's wife. So Kiki's wife gets to the Sudoku and I'm like, oh God, oh no. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I can. And he said when he was put on Survivor, he was, he's, all these people are from like other TV shows, right? So when he was, he was sent into Survivor, he was given a, a Sudoku book. And that's all he did for 21 days when he was on Survivor was Sudoku. He said, I'm amazing at it. I got so good at it. He said, I never thought I would use this in my entire life. I never thought I would use this in my entire life, but here I am. And so he's doing the Sudoku puzzle and he's doing it and he's doing it. And all of a sudden he goes, check. Tyson's been standing there staring at this puzzle for literally at least 30 minutes, just staring at it. He goes, check. And they go, yep, that's right. And he runs up the mountain. So now Kiki's wife is in the front. I mean, husband, Kiki's husband. <laughs> Kiki's husband's in the front. Tyson's standing there. And then this girl, Caitlin, comes up. She was second place in um, the, what is that show called? The Greatest Run, The Greatest, it doesn't really matter. The American whatever. Uh, I don't remember what it's called. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Caitlin gets up there. She starts doing Sudoku. She is supposed to be like the genius on this, on this uh, entire show. She's the genius. This other guy, his name is, I don't remember what his name is. He comes up and he starts doing the Sudoku, right? The greatest race. Yes. Thank you. So all three of them, Tyson, this random dude, I don't remember his name. He was unimportant. And then Caitlin are all standing there trying to do Sudoku. And as they're standing there, it is sleeting and snowing and raining on them. And they are sitting there and I can literally see Tyson's like this because he's so cold. He's like, I can't feel my fingers. I can't do anything. I can't do anything. And Caitlin is starting to freak out. She's starting to shut down. And all of a sudden, Caitlin throws all her Sudoku pieces on the ground and she walks away and she walks over to the side. And Tyson goes, Caitlin, what are you doing? And she goes, I quit. I'm done. I can't do it. I can't think. I'm too cold. And I go, Oh God, I didn't expect that. And then the other guy, the other guy stands there, or the other guy looks at her, looks at Tyson, looks at her yeah, man, I quit too. And he throws all his pieces down and he walks over next to the other girl. I am not kidding you. I literally couldn't believe this. And so he, he throws all his pieces down. Tyson looks at his board and he looks back at them and he looks back at his board and he looks back at them. He has two pieces left in his hand. And he walks over to the group and he joins the group. And he says, I quit too. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. He said, I quit too. And they go, what are you doing, Tyson? You're supposed to win this. And he goes, I have two pieces left and they don't fit in the spots. I have to clear the entire board and do it again. I quit. So instead of running and clear, instead of starting over and instead of doing better, instead of all of those things, he quits. And here's the thing is you earn money the whole season long. Every challenge that you win, every elimination that you win, you earn money. 
Tyson had $33,000 in his account. You don't get any of the money if you don't cross the finish line. You don't get any of it. He had $33,000 in his bank account and he didn't clear, he didn't finish the race because he didn't want to clear the board and start again. He didn't want to try again. And this is your sixth lesson of the day. It is always worth trying again. It is always worth trying again. You will probably fail the first time that you try this business. You will probably fail the first time you try to sell. You will probably fail the first time that you go live. You will probably fail the first time you try to tell a story. The first time you train, the first time you do anything, you will probably fail. It is always worth doing it again. It's never worth quitting because every ounce of ego that Tyson had, everything that he built up in that entire season, every confidence that he had, every respect that he had gained of the American people was all lost in that moment. Because listen, I didn't like the guy. I didn't like the guy, but I respected him. Why? Because he was good. He was good. He had grit. He had hustle and he knew exactly what he wanted and he had confidence. I didn't like him but I respected him. I lost every ounce of respect for him in that moment. I said, what? Tyson just quit over Sudoku? You're kidding, right? You're kidding. So all three of these people go home, right? All three of these people are out. There are two people left in this race. Kiki's husband and Sarah, who's still stuck down at checkpoint number one. So Sarah's sitting at checkpoint number one. She has no idea that these three people are out. She has no idea that all she has to do is finish and she gets half a million dollars. And she's standing there talking to herself at this, at this puzzle. And she, she literally looks at the camera and she goes, this is no longer a half a million dollar puzzle. This is a $15,000 puzzle, puzzle because that's all she had in her bank account. And she had assumed that everybody else would already be finished by the time she got there. So all she was actually gonna get was $15,000 all she was actually going to get was $15,000. And she literally stood there and she looked at this puzzle and she said, is this puzzle worth, worth $15,000? And when you're starving and you're cold and you're hungry and you can't feel your fingers and you can't feel your toes and your body is shutting down and you know you still have another checkpoint to do, you still have at least another five miles to go. I don't know that $15,000 would have been good enough. Because she didn't know that everybody else had already quit. And so she stands there and she like, they, they pan over and they show her standing under these trees and she's going, you can see her, you can literally see her in her head. Do I quit? Do I not? 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 And she goes, no, I won't quit because my son is going to watch this. And I want him to know that his mom did everything that she could and that she didn't quit because I don't want my son to ever quit when something gets hard. And she said, that's, that's, that's it. That's it. I, that's it. I can't teach my son to be a quitter. And so she goes and she does it. She clears the whole board on the puzzle and she does the puzzle again. She goes, all right, cool. So she gets the puzzle and she's running. She's running the two and a half miles to the next checkpoint. She gets to the next checkpoint. She does a Sudoku. She clears it. She runs the next two and a half miles up the mountain, right? She's now, she's now at the top of the mountain and she gets to the mountain and she's alone. Because Kiki's husband's been there for a while now, so they put him inside in the warmth because, you know, he wasn't going to have to sit there in the snow while they're waiting. So she gets to the top of the mountain. She gets to the top of the mountain. She looks around and nobody's there. And she goes, oh, my God, I'm so far behind everybody else that they're all already gone. I'm alone. 
I'm last. I lost. And Kiki's wife comes out of, I don't know where he came out of, somewhere warm, because he looked a lot toastier. And so he, he comes out of somewhere warm and he, he walks up and he goes, oh my God, Sarah, I'm so proud of you. I can't believe you finished it. And she goes, where is everybody else? And he goes, they all quit. He goes, she goes, are you kidding me? He goes, no, I'm not kidding you. They all quit. You get the half a million dollars. You did it. And she starts bawling on this mountaintop. Of course, of course she does. But what's the lesson that you learn here is that you never know how close you are. She thought she was in dead last. What is this, lesson number seven? She thought she was in dead last. You never know how close you are. And some of y'all would give up at that $15,000 because you don't have something to anchor into like she did. The $15,000 wouldn't have been worth it for her to be, how much, how much longer do you really think that it took her to finish that race? Probably another five hours. $15,000 not for not feeling your fingers for another five hours. Complete body exhaustion, your body shutting down, but you never know how far you are. You never know how close you are. She finished on principle and pure grit. And Holly literally was like, I don't know how she finished. And I said that. Every time Holly goes on vacation with me, she, she always like goes to the gym and does some training before we go on vacation. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm training you on vacation with you. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, when you hike, you literally sprint up a mountain. You have crazy endurance for absolutely no reason. I don't work out you guys. Like, this is not a joke. I don't work out. I eat cake and pizza. Like I am the picture of the opposite of health. I just have really great metabolism. I'm telling you, if I didn't have great metabolism, y'all would see how unhealthy I am. But she trains every time we go on vacation. Why? Because I, and I literally said to her, she said, I don't know how you have the endurance that you do. I said, I don't have the endurance. I have the grit. I don't have the endurance. I have the grit because I will not be last up that mountain when we hike in Hawaii. I won't do it. It won't be me. It won't be me that doesn't make it up. It will, I will be lungs literally screaming for, for air. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I got this. I'm good. Why grit, right? So that is, that is lesson number eight today is that grit outwins every single time. It doesn't matter how long it takes you. It took Sarah twice as long to finish that last leg of the, of the finale, that last day of the finale as it did everybody else, yet she finished it. But some of y'all are watching people blow past you and you're giving up at that point because you can't see what's happening at the Sudoku checkpoint. You don't see what's happening up there. You don't see how many people are quitting. You don't see how many people are giving up and not making it to the finish line. All you see are people blowing past you. And you have to have the grit and the determination to get up and choose to keep going anyway. None of y'all got your fingers freezing off. You're going to be okay. I promise. It doesn't matter how long it takes you. But people will quit at the Sudoku checkpoint. Like you, you you're at rank two right now, right? Like, and that's like the, the puzzle checkpoint, the first puzzle checkpoint. You're at rank two right now. And you see people blowing past you up to rank three. And you're like, oh, they are going to be rank six before they know it but you don't see all the rank threes that quit. All you see is people blowing past you at rank two because your perspective is your reality. And the last lesson of the day, 
right? She won this, she won this half a million dollars and Kiki's husband won this other half a million dollars. <clears throat> Actually, I think they split a I think they split a half a million dollars, so $250,000 each. The last lesson of the day is that your anchor matters. Kiki's husband's anchor was so strong throughout the entire show that I don't even know the man's name. I, I really don't even know the man's name. But what was he thinking about when he was climbing up that mountain and he was freezing? He was thinking about Kiki and how he didn't want to disappoint her and how she always says, if you are second, you lose. Don't get second. Don't get second, baby. You got to win. You got to get the money. Don't get second, baby. You got to win. That's what was in his head the whole time. His anchor was so strong. And then we go back to Sarah. What kept Sarah going? I'm going to tell you at the end of the day, it's not the money that keeps people in this business. It's the anchor. Because there are days that I want to quit. Believe me, there are days that I want to quit. And there are going to be days that you want to quit. And there are going to be days that you're, that Jesse Lee wants to quit. It's not the money that keeps people here. It's the anchor. It's Sarah knowing that her son was going to watch that show. And she had to make him proud. Your kids are watching you every single day. Your partners are watching you. The people that look up to you are watching you every single day. Do you want to make them proud? That's the thing that will keep you in this business. It's not a coincidence that the two people that won this season finale of apparently the hardest finale that they have ever done, apparently it was the hardest finale. You know what? They also didn't have like seasoned veterans on this. So like, I would, I'm curious how the seasoned veterans would, would react in this finale, but it doesn't make for a good story. Okay. The good story is, is that the hardest finale that the challenge has ever had, apparently, because they had more people quit in this finale than ever before. The two people that won were the people that had anchors back home, outside of the game, AKA outside of the business. The way you win in business is by having anchors outside of the home. You know, we always talk about the why that makes you cry, the why that makes you cry. What about the why that makes you keep going when you think you're in dead last and you're freezing your ass off and it is sleeting and snowing and raining and you probably have hypothermia and you haven't eaten in two days and you haven't slept. What's the reason that keeps you going then? Because at any point you could tap out and say, I'm done, I quit. I wonder if they would have given Kiki's husband the whole half a million dollars if Sarah had quit. They probably would have. He probably would have gotten the whole thing. It's not a coincidence that two people that had the strongest anchors were the ones that won. It's not a coincidence. Look at your leaders on this team. Look at your leaders on the empire and look at their reasons why they keep going, why they keep showing up. I can tell you it's not the money. This business has saved so many people's relationships. This business has made people love themselves. This business had, has changed people's kids' lives. Listen, I tell you guys all the time, my biggest accomplishment in this, in this business is that I love myself. I couldn't have said that five years ago. Couldn't have said that five years ago. 